Today on CityCast Denver, I'm Paul Caroli. I'm here with our host, Bree Davies. This is the week leading up to Christmas. We're going into a little bit of a holiday break. Here on CityCast, we're going to be taking a couple of weeks off, so you won't have fresh episodes these two weeks. But instead, we're going to rerun some old favorites, and we thought it'd be fun this week to revisit, I don't know, the story of the year? Bree, is that fair? Is this the story of the year in Denver? Oh, for sure. This is the kind of story that Denver wants to have in terms of like a big story that's pulled us along all year and is about something that matters to a lot of people in Denver and beyond. But Yeah, exactly. And what else could that be but Casa Bonita? <laughs> it couldn't be anything else. Wow, Casa Bonita? Woo-hoo! What's Casa Bonita? Dude, haven't you ever been there? It's a big Mexican restaurant, but they have like cliff jumpers and Black Bart's Cave and all kinds of stuff. It's like the Disneyland of Mexican restaurants. That's right. It's the Pink Palace itself. Boy, Pink Palace. How many? I feel like we thought of like a zillion of those synonyms for Casa Bonita this year. Do you remember any other good ones? I know. That's funny. As a journalist, you know, you're always trying to be like, how can I say the same thing 50 different ways? And yeah. Casa Bonita, CB, the Pink Palace, the Mexican Village in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. Um, the original entertainment destination. The thing that South Park made famous. Casa Bonita, Casa Bonita, food and fun and a festive atmosphere. Casa Bonita. Who said I'm inviting you? <laughs> In 2003, yes. can we talk about how wild it is that that episode is almost 20 years old? Yeah, it's a long time. But it kind of enshrined Casa Bonita into a larger cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were at the beginning of the year, right? Let's maybe set the scene a little bit. So our show launched in March, uh, middle of the pandemic. Where is Casa Bonita at, Brie? Closed. Like most restaurants are closed. Again, Mm -hmm. it can't, you can't do takeout from Casa Bonita because if we know one thing about Casa Bonita is the food is shit and who's going to go order it to go? Except for some, some psychos. Really wanting those enchiladas. (laughs) Um, No, but, uh, and then in April, I believe, the parent company that owns Mm -hmm. Casa Bonita. The Phoenix-based Summit Family Restaurants. I know because I called them, tried to get an interview with the owner, did not reach this person. So they filed for bankruptcy, Chapter 11, and that kind of is that (laughs) dun-dun-dun feeling about Casa Bonita that... (laughs) That we've all had many times over the years when there's some rumor going around that Casa Bonita is going to close. Mm -hmm. And this time, it felt kind of real. Yeah. And that was terrifying. So what we did was we called up these two gentlemen who both really love Casa Bonita, uh, Andrew Novick and Danny Newman. Bree, why did we want to talk to these two people in particular back in April? Sure. So these guys were part of a group... uh, trying to save Casa Bonita, a group of citizens who are fans of the restaurant. Um, But I think something that we didn't really go into in the episode that I wanted to share here before you hear from these guys is who they are. Andrew Novick is sort of a longtime unofficial king of Denver's weirdo scene and and the kitschiness, all the things that make us kind of weird. I met Andrew 20 years ago uh, and... (laughs) 
and did mo- did some modeling for his braces website where he took pictures of people <laughs> with braces. Adults. I'm sorry. You have to share that link. You have to find that. Adults with braces. That. I have to be I have to be honest. It's not like he's taking pictures of people kids with braces. I was 21 and I had braces when I met Andrew. Hilarious. Yeah. I love that. And then I found out Andrew was in this seminal sort of punk industrial band here called the Warlock Pinchers. And um but he also is just this guy that hosts events all around the city. He does this extre- he used to do this extreme pancake breakfast. Um he's done a, a specialty ramen party where you can put every everything imaginable into a bowl of ramen, candy, like all kinds of things. Um he did like a breakfast with Blinky the Clown one year at the Denver County Fair. So and he's the guy who's been to Casa Bonita, I think, the most times, like mm-hmm. documented. And mm-hmm. so he was sort of the figurehead or the, the, the spokesperson of the Save Casa Bonita group, which made total sense to me as a person that knows Andrew. But if you don't know Andrew, you're like, okay, random guy. Um, he's just He's been a steward of Casa Bonita's coolness and kitsch even before South Park got a hold of it, right? He was this, this guy that everybody talked to about Casa Bonita. So, um, and then Danny Newman is the other person we spoke with. And he mm-hmm. also, like Andrew, and I grew up here in Denver. He grew up in West Denver. And he's an entrepreneur. He uh, made a lot of money, um, I think, in the tech sector when he was pretty young. And something really incredible that he's decided to do is reinvest that into Denver, and particularly, quote unquote, old Denver establishments. Uh, he's most famous for being a partner in Saving My Brother's Bar, where his mother worked for many, many years. And of course, a few months after the conversation listeners are about to hear, you talk to him about the Mercury Cafe, which he bought yeah. a few months after this conversation. Which, again, if you if you have ever been to the Mercury Cafe, um, it's very... It's a business, but it's also this place. It's been run by Marilyn McGinnity for... 30 plus years, I think 40 years she's been in the restaurant business here in Denver, but she has this like special spirit about the art scene and about um, organic food. She says, organic food is your birthright. It it was not just like buying some restaurant. She was looking to sell it to someone who was going to carry on this legacy. And so Danny's really the guy that carries on the old Denver legacies with respect to the, you know, the pred- the people who came before him. He wants to honor that legacy while also bringing these businesses into the 21st century, which is what they often need. And so for him to partner mm-hmm. with Andrew made total sense, right, to me. I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. Two guys love old Denver, have done gone to great lengths to save and preserve old Denver. Of course, they're the guys. So that's why we wanted to talk to him. All right. Let's hear it. This is Bree's conversation with Andrew Novick and Danny Newman from April. Enjoy. Ooh, and then also you're going to hear uh, uh, about a week after this interview, uh, Andrew and Danny and their group had organized a rally to save Casa Bonita, and we sent occasional CityCast Denver contributor J.D. Lopez of the Left Hand Right Brain podcast, which... If you like his appearances on the show, you might appreciate his podcast, Left Hand, Right Brain. So we sent him to the rally to see uh, what was up. And you're going to hear that in a few minutes, too. Today is Monday, December 20th, 2021. And this is part one of the Casa Bonita saga. So I guess we should start kind of where Casa Bonita is at the moment. And um, I know the big news this week was that they filed for bankruptcy protection. 
Um, do either of you want to explain kind of what you know is going on with it right now? So as you know, Casa Bonita has been closed for over a year because of the pandemic. Uh, and they can't really open for takeout. I guess they could have a Sopapilla uh, wagon or something. Um, but really that, that restaurant's part is an experience. So like you can't, you can't have a takeout experience. So being closed that long, apparently also not paying rent. So the landlord has um, gotten interested in pursuing them for the rent or renting it to somebody else. Uh, so they kind of had to do that to protect themselves from getting evicted. Danny, you and Andrew are part of this group to save Casa Bonita. Can you talk about what you all are doing as a group in relationship to this situation? Yeah, and we actually uh, found out later that we had been kind of working separately on various uh, tracks of this uh, secretly uh, uh, with some different ideas. So uh, I had been pursuing the landlord track last year. So I was working with and talking to the landlords of, of Casa Bonita and finding out, you know, kind of how late they were, when their lease expires, all of that kind of information. And I got an awesome uh, cryptic uh, message from Andrew uh, a couple months ago now saying um, there's something that we should uh, we should chat about. And obviously, if you get a text like that from Andrew, you know what it's about. No, I, I didn't know what it was about, but it was, of course, I dropped everything and I was so excited to, you know, kind of be brought into a group that that they had actually already been uh, kind of in the back uh, working on some plans as well. And so together, we actually were able to form the whole picture of, of what was uh, what was going on and uh, be able to start, you know, formulating what some different ideas of how to how to save this thing. So, Andrew, Danny's sort of coming from the real estate expert side of this. And you're coming from sort of the the personal experience of Casa Bonita and caring about this entity. What was your group doing before you met up with Danny, or what what did you what did you want to do to contribute to this larger picture of saving Casa Bonita? Whenever anything happens with Casa Bonita, people always call me. You know, so they're like, "What's going on with Casa Bonita?" So like, I had to kind of uh, figure out, you know, what was happening, and their their Facebook page went down last July. And oh. then the tower lights went off. You know, that's when I started getting worried. Um, so I actually uh, found the owner, which is kind of hard to get a hold of, but he's the CEO of Star Buffet, the parent company, and uh, was able to um, start talking to him a little, uh, just about, just as like a fan, you know, like, hey, I'm a fan and like I'm worried and everyone's asking me what's, you know, why is the website down? And he didn't really have a good answer. Um, he just said for business purposes, <laughs> but, but it ended up starting this conversation. He was actually, everyone's kind of scared of, scared of him. Mm. You know, it's like, he's hard to reach and, you know, everyone's like worried about him, but he was actually very friendly and he's like, call me anytime. You know, he really wanted to open Casa Bonita back up. You know, the legislative rules are just too strict. And he's like, I can't open unless I can open hundred percent. You can't have a half open Casa Bonita. Exactly. So with that $100,000 that you were hoping to raise and talking with the owner, did you like where would that money go or what did you would you hope to accomplish with raising that money? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question because it's and it's hard to answer. So we were talking about doing a fundraising campaign. But when we realized that, you know, that another group was talking about taking over their lease and them getting evicted, we like jumped on it immediately and like got a website, you know, Danny got his website going. We started the campaign and it's, it's, 
primarily for awareness, for people to be part of something, for us to be the voice of the community. Because you might have this landlord and um, developer side, and then you have the Casa Bedina management side. And like, we want to have a say ourselves. And also, um, you know, to, to have the rewards, we have t-shirts and enamel pins and stickers and stuff, which, which help promote the campaign, but it's also people get to feel a part of it. We're not sure exactly what we're going to need, but if we need to hire a lawyer, it'd be nice to have that money. And that's why we put in our GoFundMe, which is pretty rare, I think, but we offer to um, refund people any, any funds that aren't used. And so really, there's really no limit. Like the more money we can raise, the better, because that can that can actually buy us a seat at the table um, or get us future investment. Danny, maybe this is a question then for you, since you've you've done sort of work in saving businesses or at least um, backing businesses that were potentially going to go away that were important in Denver, like my brother's bar. How do you see um, just the community support being something that could help Casa Bonita? Like Andrew mentioned, this is kind of the, the 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 cushion that we need to then really kind of kickstart the the next level of what this is going to look like. So, obviously, if we're able to get further down the road, we will need substantially more uh, more money. Um, but having a basis and a community supported uh, fund like this, we have the ability to. Uh, start that process. Um, we we certainly know that the you know hundred thousand or even a couple hundred thousand is not going to uh, get us there ultimately, but uh, this is this is a, a a great start and really brings the the community together. And you know we've actually identified a few different ways that this could happen. Where you know maybe maybe we really do have a very community owned uh, uh, version of this, um, or we find find other investors or uh, things along those lines. One of the conversations I've seen about Caspineta is it's not locally owned. And have you have you heard from other people in your position or other investors that might be interested in buying Casa Bonita and making it a local establishment? I think the undertaking is uh, uh, pretty pretty crazy. So obviously the uh, overall kind of day-to-day management group is going to have to be extremely dedicated to this. Uh, that said, I think that there, there's plenty of high-profile uh, Denverites that are that are super stoked to participate in this, and we've certainly had uh, uh, kicked off a lot of those conversations. Uh, as as we go down this this path, I think there's a couple, we, we could probably make it all happen with just a couple uh, phone calls to actually pull the, you know, pull the big dollars in. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board, because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone, and there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. And, you know, Danny, the thing I think about is Casa Bonita was designated a historic landmark 
a couple years ago, but it's in Lakewood. It's not in Denver. And so Lakewood's historic designations don't have the same teeth that our designations do in, in Denver. And from a real estate perspective, do you do you think there's a chance that it could get torn down? I hate that question. <laughs> I don't think it could get torn down. Like, I don't think it could stop being you know, physically what it is. I do think there are a few unfortunate options where there could be uh, new, new, new tenants, new, mm-hmm. new uh, folks in there. But yeah, I think there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff stopping it from physically going away. But that doesn't mean that there aren't versions of the future where there's just terrible uh, you know, uh, iterations of what, of, of what could go on there. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, the, the story is actually a little bit worse than that because oh. it's not, it's not actually a city of Lakewood historical landmark. It's a Lakewood historical society oh. landmark, which, which actually holds less protection oh. <laughs> than even that. It's very honorary. Yeah. And I actually asked um, the CEO about that. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's, I remember it became a historic landmark in 2016. And he said, that's never gained us anything. A city, a city of Lakewood landmark actually could protect um, the, the facade, the outside structure. Okay. So it could become, they could totally gut the inside, but um, the city of Lakewood uh, could, could protect the, the structure. And obviously, there's a, there's a possibility of state historic designation and even national designation. And I've talked to the person at History Colorado who's in charge of the state designations, and he's very interested. Um, but I think also that that is for the who's ever going to be running it, you know. I'm just imagining this like nightmare scenario, though, where it gets like saved, the facade gets saved, and then the inside's like a co-working space or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we work a bonita. <laughs> like an Applebee's or something and be like, the food didn't get any better, you guys. <laughs> Acapulco. Yeah. Oh, that would be awful. No one take that idea, please. It's terrible. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been, I've, I've learned even more about this process and what we could possibly do to save it. So that's exciting. Thank you so much for having us. If you're interested in supporting the Save Casa Bonita movement, Andrew and Danny's group are hosting a rally this Saturday, the 17th at 10 a.m. Where else but right in front of Casa Bonita itself? Visit SaveCasaBonita.org for more information or to donate. And I hear that bananas might actually make an appearance. Our favorite orange monkey. Hello, this is J.D. Lopez reporting in the field for CityCast Denver at the Safe Casa Bonita Rally. We got people supporting, okay, we're doing our thing. Let's see if we can talk to some people and see why they care about Casa Bonita so much. So in the eighth grade, I had my first kiss in Blackbird's case. So I, I can't let it, can't let it die. Went here a ton when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I caught salmonella here. Oh, first <laughs> salmonella. Yeah, no, I love uh, Casa Bonita and uh, it would just be a huge shame uh, for the city if it, if it went away. Uh, I gotta come out here and support it. Right, yeah, I mean, it says a lot if you got sick, but you're still supporting it. Absolutely, huh? yeah, no, no question. I'll, I'll be here, I, I mean, I'll chain myself to it if they're gonna tear it down. That's passion, my man. What was your favorite item on the menu? Obviously, the sopapillas are great. The sopapillas, I love the sopapillas. More sopapillas. Probably the sopapillas. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the margaritas, I guess. Yeah, there you go, yeah, yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about the fried ice cream. Ah, uh, that's the first, yeah. By yeah. far, fried ice cream. Yeah, no, everybody goes for the sopapillas, 
But if you don't get a fried ice cream on the side, you're not doing it right. I'm mad. Okay, so um, in the early 80s, my best friend and I started working here. She trained me on Halloween night. Well, we lost contact with each other years later. Uh-huh. We reconnected. We didn't know each other. Was in Colorado going to Casa Bonita. We were in line. We turned around. We saw each other. Oh. Years later, we'd still stayed in touch. She needed a liver transplant. Oh, dang. I was her donor. No way. Yep. So, in a sense, Casa Bonita saved her life. Yeah, I actually used to work there uh, oh, from wow. 2003 to 2008. Yeah, it was a really great time. I had a lot of fun, met a lot of good friends that I'm still talking to today. And it's my mom used to work here, too. So, it it's oh, wow. holds a really close value to my heart. So. Uh, is there a myth, mythos to Black Bart or anything? people might not know about uh so black bart actually uh he first started uh hiding his treasure here at uh, casa bonita when he first started moving out to the west he found his cave over here right under uh it's called black bart's cave and so if you go in there you might find his treasure or you might get a little lost so watch out for the bottomless pit in there too you ever get scared of going to black bart's cave when you were a kid oh yeah i never went through it i actually was a little bit but uh, you know what i've grown up and i can i can handle it as long as i've got a buddy with me i can totally handle that cave yeah we got a guy in a monkey suit here can i ask why why you're in the suit um well i am bananas the uh, official mascot of Casa Bonita. Okay. And the, I, you, do you, re, you don't recognize Bananas? No, I'm sorry. I knew the other monkey. The, the okay, yeah. So Chiquita's the gorilla. Bananas is the orange monkey. When I did my 300th visit to Casa Bonita, my big party, I wanted to restore the old Bananas costume because it was pretty beat up and um, they weren't using it anymore. And so um, my friend offered to make a new one. We want to get um, as much awareness as we can and support and hopefully... Uh, bring it to local ownership. Well, just uh, log on to costmanita.org. Check out the people that are involved and why we want to try to save Costmanita, why we want to bring it local, get this money into the local economy, make it employee owned potentially. I mean, we could do so many great things. Keep it the same, keep the kitsch, update it to the 21st century, bring in some good food. That sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoy the show, take a minute to tell a friend about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the next chapter in the Casa Bonita saga. I'm calling it Welcome to South Park Land. See you then.